Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hello. Thank you for going to the Les Schwab Twires. Twires? I don't know. Hello. We appreciate you going to the Les Schwab. Les Schwab. Why it's can't like you Vive, say tires? Vive Clouteau. It's the same. Just thing. say tires. Uh, where, where do we pick up from? Hi, uh, everyone. You're listening to the Center in the Saint podcast. I'm Luke Anderson. I'm Will Darkins, well, and this is sponsored by Les Schwab Tires. Is that right? I think so. Okay. Yep. Enjoy. Doing the right thing since 1952. Drunk text dialer in Luke Anderson. He's actually not here today. He is out on assignment. Uh, and that's basically code word for getting drunk with his friends and smoking cigars. So it's just going to be me, Will Darkins, and Marcus Greaves behind the glass. It's hey. all Beeves edition of Sinner and Saint. Uh, it's usually this time of year when we get to the summer that they put the B squad in. And you and I, sir, are the B squad. We are? Yeah, we are. That's in un- two ways, right? In two ways. Get it? Like, B? Beeves? Like Beeves? Be- yeah. Yeah. Is this the B squad? Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you. I'd like to thank my friends, my family, Will Darkins. Thank you. That's why I get paid the medium bucks. The me- Oh, you? Oh, yeah. Oh, you get the medium. You didn't know that, did you? You don't get the low. You get the medium. No, not the low bucks. I get the medium bucks. I get the amount of bucks where, like, it's a good day if I can go to Costco and, like, spend over 50 bucks. If I spend over... I don't believe that. Yeah, if I spend over 50 bucks at Costco, I'm big balling. That's the medium buck life. <laughs> That's not true. Yeah, it is. Yeah. We're not getting into this because I, I scrape the bottom of the barrel. Like, whatever. See, mm-hmm. like this. You get a sandwich. Or the, how about this? Jeff and you, or our boss, anyone really, gets the sandwich, right? The big sandwich. Okay. Where? Wherever. You guys get the Subway well, that's sandwich. that's important. Subway sandwich. How about okay. that? Okay. So, you get Which one Which big half. sandwich? Ooh, let's go. They got with, the Philly melt? Let's go with the sweet onion chicken teriyaki. Oh, then I'm going double meat if this is a big sandwich. <laughs> Anyways, I'm all about double meat. You get. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I'll be here for two hours, unfortunately. (laughs) So you get the sandwich. He gets the sandwich. I get the crumbs to fall from the beard. That's my paycheck. Well, neither of us have beards. Thank you. I get paid just enough for gas to get here. (laughs) I can't compete with this guy. (laughs) I can't. What's up, Will? You good, man? Oh, I'm good, man. It was kind of one of those weird sports weeks, right? Yeah. You know, one of those weird sports weeks where everybody's just kind of focusing on the draft. And you get a little bit more time to do other things. I say this a lot when it uh, comes to 
the summer in sports, at least summer in sports in Portland. We don't have a baseball team, so, mm-hmm. you know, uh, what's the point in following the Mariners? They're pretty much tanking. Uh, so you get a little bit more time for the artistic things. The artistic things. What are What is considered artistic? That is me going home after last week's show and watching Pulp Fiction. Now, have you ever seen Pulp Fiction? No. I'm going to guess. Oh, okay. Yeah. You answered it, yeah. I, I would have thought you haven't seen it. Um, Pulp Fiction, to me, is one of those movies where, like, every single time I watch it, I like a different storyline. Now, 55305 is the Better You Today text line. We're going to get into a bunch of uh, Trailblazers draft stuff. You know, us stealing Nasir Little, which was an incredible pick. Mm-hmm. We kind of stumbled into it, but who cares? That guy is an amazing stretch three. He looked like an amazing stretch three at North Carolina, so... That's pretty exciting. We'll also get into uh, Spider-Man and his his low draft pick, (laughs) among other things. But I wanted to talk about Pulp Fiction because it's one of those movies where every single time I watch it, I like a different storyline. Again, 55305, better you today, text sign. What's your favorite storyline from Pulp Fiction? This last time around, I absolutely loved Bruce Willis's uh, role as Butch the Boxer. Butch the Boxer. Yeah, he's Butch the Boxer. And uh, Christopher Walken makes an incredible appearance in it uh, when they do a flashback of him as a kid because his dad, I think, survived either Vietnam or the Korean War, and he saved a watch for his kid. And Christopher Walken, who uh, who was Butch's father's friend, hid the watch in his butt and got it to him. And the way he delivers that line, he's like, he hit it in his ass. Yeah, it's legendary. Yeah, it's legendary. You need to watch it. You know, it. I was going to say, well, I usually take your advice for literally everything, but I, I don't think I'm going to watch that. Instead, oh, really? I know what you're watching. You know, I'm going to watch Norbit. <laughs> Come on, man. That's a good movie. That is a good movie. Are you joking? No, I am being 100% serious. Are we seriously going to get into this conversation again? <laughs> we have to. I will defend Norbit to the day I die. For anybody that don't know, Norbit is a movie that stars Eddie Murphy where he, uh, it, it's a lot like the Nutty Professor, right? He, he plays a bunch of different roles and, uh, you know, he's in a fat suit as a woman and, uh, you know, he's a nerd and he's an old man nerd, and blah, blah, blah. It is bad. It's not it bad. It is really it's, bad. It's really good content. It's it is. If funny. you go online, there are some movie reviews, and usually I don't trust most movie reviews from major publications because <laughs> they get very flowery with their language, but they're pretty bad. They, they're they pretty scornful of this film. That I mean, that was Eddie Murphy when, like, for some reason he didn't have enough money, and he was like, oh, crap, I just got to do movies. I don't even care <laughs> that, at this it's, point. It's good content. There's not too many times where you could hear someone say, I got you the best part of the turkey, the turkey ass. Come on, man. That's hilarious. Mm. That is hysterical. No? Are you looking it up? No, I'm not. Oh. I would never look that up. <laughs> I'm not one to waste my time. Wow. I'm anyway. not one to waste a show's time by doing three clap tracks in a row. P1 Dustin. Thank you. Sorry. Thank you. 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 It's a question mark if I'll eat lunch today. <laughs> P1 Dustin's already chiming in. Pulp Fiction is overrated. You're wrong. There we go. Uh, somebody's already chiming in with an incredible line, The Path of the Righteous Man. Absolutely love that line from Pulp Fiction. You just keep going with that, and uh, you have probably one of the best movie lines of all time. What about you, Marcus, besides Norbit? 
Besides Norbit? Yeah. What's a, what's one of the best movie lines? Yeah, and I want not movie lines, just movies. I, I want you to give me a good movie uh, here. <laughs> don't don't give me the one that you got stoned with your friends and watched and laughed, <laughs> and now you just remember that. Uh, Everybody has that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like a quality film. The Pursuit of Happiness. Mm, that was good. That was really good. Uh, yeah. what, and it was at the is it the rev the Reverend the Revenant? Oh, the Reverend with uh, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. yeah. That Fantastic. was pretty great. That fight with the bear. That that made me cringe. Which, by the way, how did he survive that fight with the bear to be... I, I, I mean, I, in real life, you don't survive a fight with a bear like that. What do we always say? What did we say last time we were on the show together? Some people just, they put themselves in situations, and sometimes there's consequences. I won't ever put myself in that situation because I will probably never leave the city. I'll never go out in the forest. Oh, you'll never do that? No, I went on a hike the, uh, a couple weekends ago with my girlfriend, and I, I was looking around like, I'm ready for something to jump at me. Yeah. And, I, and I'm going to have to defend myself. Or I can run because I'm faster than her. Yeah, you're scared of nature is what you're trying to say. Yeah, just, you know, the track record of scary movies, myself, it's, it's just not, it's not in the works for me, man. I remember one time when I was on a hike, and uh, I was walking along the path, and all of a sudden a baby coyote uh, mm. came onto the path, and he was, uh, you know, what, five, six clicks away from me. And I was genuinely very frightened. Really? Uh, and then, <laughs> you know, I, I told, I told my fiance about it when she was over in the car getting something and I just like stood still and the coyote like looked at me and everybody <laughs> was like doe eyed. And we just sat there for like two minutes and then the coyote ran off and I told my fiance about it. I was like, Oh my gosh, this coyote literally was just like right here. This baby coyote. It's frightening. She was like, it's a baby. Who cares? <laughs> See, that's Doesn't matter. But did, did you guys continue to go on or do whatever you're go, uh, going to do? Um. Uh, well, yeah. Well, then that's your problem. <laughs> that you just better pack up and leave, man. Don't put yourself in those situations. You think that's, that's a bad saying. omen? Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. <laughs> like, if I'm going on a hike or something, and the first thing I see is like, I don't know, like a spider, or I see, I don't know, a deer. I'm like, what eats deers? Bears. Where are bears going to be? Where the deer are? So I'm not going on this hike. I feel like that's pre that's pretty reasonable. Is that not reasonable? Eh, I think uh, I relate. After to I watched the movie, after I watched that movie, I, there was that really sealed the deal. That was like, there's that no was like, way. no, I I'm going to get encountered by a bear. It's yeah, I'm going to get me mauled. and I'm screwed. Yeah, yeah. But the only thing I learned from that movie is to play dead. Well, this should scare you on the Better You Today text line 55305. Somebody's saying that Revenant was based on a true story, and I think that is correct, but I think it's pretty loose. I, I'm sorry. It, I don't know. I, we'll look this up during the break. I don't know <laughs> the stats of how many people have survived bear attacks. The stats. I the think when you, get, when you get attacked by a bear, it's over. You're yeah. done. Like, you're absolutely done. Now, it differs from a shark attack, right? Because you can kind of swim away, and sharks are... What? Uh, well, yeah, when no, a shark bites no. you... Dude, there's a bunch of oh. people that have survived shark attacks. Let's... And it's because the shark bites you, and then once it realizes that you're not really fish, it's like, no, oh, never mind. Yeah, but... See when what... a bear encounters you, it's like, you know what? I had a bunch of stuff to do today, but now <laughs> I'm seeing you, and I'm about to F you up. That's that's a bear's thinking when it encounters you. What does that have to do during the day? I'm just telling you, man. Yeah, no, I get it. But listen, man, if it comes down to, well, first of all, I can't swim. I'm not even trying to be stereotypical mm. or anything. We got like we got to teach you that. But I'm just, yeah, I'm just not a great swimmer. Uh, so if if it's between me, a shark, and the water, the shark's gonna dub me. If I have a chance on land, mm -hmm. I think I could really outmaneuver a bear. 
Like if it really came down to I'm running through the forest, I, I think I've I think college football has taught me enough to maybe juke some things out. I don't know, I can give it maybe a stiff arm, high step it, climb up a tree, and then wait until someone until someone finds me. Yeah, I think you got no chance. But the Alaskalife.com is saying that with bear attacks, if I scroll down enough, uh, oh, damn it. This is one of those ones where they're not giving it to you. All right. Uh, here we go. Give me a second. All right. Number of death attacks in the United States per year. Bear attacks, two. Each two. year, only two people die of bear attacks. Wow. So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you can get away from a bear. You say that's a pretty reasonable number, man. I, I might take my chances. <laughs> I might just go out wherever bears are after this. All right. Well, we got a great show for you today. <laughs> We're obviously starting off on a, an amazing foot. Pulp Fiction, is bear attack. This is this is the B Squad, huh? Yeah. Well, it's the summer, man. You know what? But what make but what makes Luke make this show that much better? He doesn't. He actually drives the show down. That's what I thought. Yeah. Well, and I say B squad in a very relative term, mm. you know. Go Beavs. Uh, yeah. Beavs and Steel. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. Well, we got a great show for you today. Uh, you know, obviously, we're going to drive into the Blazers pick of Nasir Little and how uh, big of a deal that is. Uh, Bull Bull is just, uh, <laughs> it's beyond words how much he embarrassed himself at the draft. And I'm not saying that just because he was picked 44th and, you know, before time he might've gotten some bad advice about where he would be projected. It's the fact that he was picked 44th and he dressed in himself in that. Uh, we got good versus evil at 9:45 at the top of the second hour. Damian Lillard was absolutely uh, entertaining as hell this past yeah, week. He was just, Ooh, I was feeling that on two dude. He was two stories from this week that Damian Lillard, was involved in that just uh, made that very entertaining. 10-15. We'll get into the James Harden, Chris Paul scuffle, as well as a little bit of free agent news. 10-30, just kind of recap Trailblazers. And then uh, finish this puppy off with what to watch at 10-45. But coming up next, analysts say the Portland Trailblazers got a steal in the draft, but I'm going to explain to you why the real steal is already sitting on the bench. Beavs edition. Ooh. Center and Saint. 1080 The Fan. 55305 uh. is the better you today. Text line, uh, somebody getting at you, Marcus. Whoa. Well, actually, both of us. Marcus, you thinking you have a chance to survive a bear attack is almost as dumb as Will thinking he could take on a hippo. I can't take on a hippo again. It's all about strategy. You rope-a-dope the hippo. You run it out. It gets tired. Then that's when I pounce. No, 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 no. Okay, hold on. I, I didn't hear about that. That that's blasphemy. What I said is a little more reasonable. No, it, it's really not. No, it is. It is. I, uh, you know. <laughs> but but I, okay. But this is the thing. Before, look, you get that hippo on land, it's done. In water, I admit, I will lose to that hippo. If I can get that hippo on land, it's over. But okay. But if a bear is, it, I feel like the only chance that there's going to be a bear that like really finds you is going to be when you're in the forest or something. Don't get me wrong. You know, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know these things. But mm. running out in the forest, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of obstacles out there, and I could use that to my advantage. Or I could just find a big tree and keep running around in a circle. Don't you think? The Portland Trailblazers selected North Carolina small forward Nasir Little with the 25th pick in the NBA draft on Thursday night. This 
was a complete surprise. Complete. I was very, very sure that when this draft night started, we would be seeing a trade. I really didn't know for who, and I knew that really the biggest need for the Portland Trailblazers was to try to find that stretch three or four who could shoot. Kind of that three and D guy that they do need that Al Farouk Amino obviously is not meeting, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in terms of expectations. But you never thought that Nasir Little would end up in your lap at number 25. Um, you know, I, I think it was very aptly said by Neil Olshay during his press conference uh, after the draft that he was talking about the whole uh, prospect of uh, getting a trade and um, or kind of uh, playing around with the idea of trading the pick. And this is what he said. Uh, we didn't try to move up because we liked how the draft was breaking for us. You know, honestly, the guys we would have moved up for were a bunch of guys that were actually still available when we selected. Um, it was actually disappointing because... You know, as happy as we were to get Nasir, there were guys we kind of thought we were going to take that, you know, slid kind of past us. So it changes our expectation level. But, you know, we, we did. We tried to get back in into the second round. There were some really talented players there. We, we do have some roster spot issues um, in terms of making sure there would be a roster spot available for the player. But the asking price got a little bit insane. When, when other teams saw what was on the board and teams were asking for four second round picks and protected first round pick and... You know, you just can't get caught up in the draft fever at some point. You've got to remember, this is a very small acquisition for a much bigger picture that we've got to keep our eye on the ball when it comes to, you know, July 1st and building our roster. I know you're not much of a Blazers fan, but I got to say, just in terms of how they reacted to this, uh, I would say this is probably one of the better drafts the Blazers have had in the last three years. Yeah, I was gonna, that's what I was saying when Andrew and I had our show when the Blazers drafted this year was, um, you know, Usually you see all the reactions from the Blazer fans like, what are we doing? We, you know, we had, we could have got this guy instead. Like we could have got this. I honestly thought the Blazers were going to go with someone like a Kevin Porter Jr. You know, kind of a, a, a really good score at the three position, maybe take some steam off of, you know, Dame, CJ, and then you add another score and then you add another three point shooter as well, because I don't think Mo Harkless really fits that role either. But, um, I mean, they got a steal because that, I mean, and even just seeing what the Blazer fans, how they reacted. That I mean, it's a good sign, at least in my in my eyes. I was pretty I was pretty surprised to be honest that he at least went what twenty fifth. That's unreal because that dude is a baller. Yeah, and you know he was talking about Olshay was talking about how you know the price got a little bit ridiculous to try to trade into the second round, yeah. and uh, you know I uh, I can understand that, but at the same time too, I, I think that there's a real need that needs to be met with the Trailblazers that they didn't really address in this is that you need a guard off the bench, whether it is a one or two, to really handle the scoring load for Dame and CJ when they're either having a bad night or they're exhausted. If you look at the rotation and you look at the lineup and you look at what they did this past season, there was never a moment where either Dame or CJ were off the floor together. Mm -hmm. uh, they might have been during the regular season in some nothing burger games. I'm not really talking about that. I'm talking about some down-the-line end of season playoffs, Western conference finals games where you got to have somebody reliable off the bench as a scorer to give them those blows for three to four minutes, at least total in a game. So, uh, I mean, I kind of wish they would have done that. And I know that with the whole Mike Connolly trade that happened this week, a lot of blazer fans were saying, man, that's something that we really missed out on. You know, they were also talking about the idea that uh, we kind of missed the boat on being able to trade for Anthony Davis though. Mm. Now that you see what, the Pelicans got 
for Davis. There's no way in hell we would have been able to match that. Uh, we don't have as many assets. We don't have as many great things that we can offer, except for C.J. McCollum, of course. But, uh, you know, overall, though, yes, I would have to give this draft for the Trailblazers a B plus. A B plus? A B plus yeah. just because of the fact that, uh, you know, you didn't really get a lot of assets, but you got kind of surprised and you stumbled into something that was really great. Yeah, I think they got a really good defensive player. And I, I'm pretty sure Andrew was telling us the other day, Andrew Nemec, that um, Nasir Little was rated what? It was the number two. He was a higher yeah. prospect than Zion. Yep. He was a higher prospect than R.J. Barrett. Yeah. Uh, I think there was one other player that he was a higher prospect. Than. He was, I think, rated the number two. He just didn't pan out as well as people thought, like Zion did in at Duke. But, I mean, maybe his game just needs more development. Sometimes guys just need a little more time. And so hopefully the Blazers can develop that a little more. But you got an athletic guy who's not afraid to guard, you know, the top scorer on, a, you know, on an opposing team. So I think that's something that the Blazers really needed. Well, and think about this, too, is that, you know, this guy, we're going to expect him to make an immediate impact. Of course, we're, we're as fans not going to know a lot until we start watching Summer League. And mm. even then... You don't get a great sense for what's going on. You know, Zach Collins looked like a complete dud in summer league, I yeah. remember. And then he got out on the court, and uh, through his rookie season, he started to make this huge development, and you were just kind of like, wow, this is amazing, awesome. Um, so, you know, it's going to be a little while before we see if Little does make a big contribution in his first two years, but hopefully, like you're saying, what you could see is uh, him coming out and being able to handle a little bit of the scoring load off the bench, but also just be a great physical and defensive presence. Now, I do feel for the guy because I think you and I are, uh, we've been in this situation, right? Yeah. Is when you can be really highly touted. Obviously, his his recruiting status was a little bit bigger than yours and <laughs> I's, but you can be highly touted in your own surroundings. Mm -hmm. You know, for you and me, we came from towns where we were, the best player that year. Yeah. You know what I mean? We were the best player in the state, either the one first or second best players in the state. And then you get up to the next level and things get a little bit faster. And it's not always about how physically you can adapt to it. Mm -hmm. I, I think a lot of it plays into your mental ability to really adapt to it, adapt to the game and really kind of find the mold of, Hey, once I get into these pressure situations, how am I going to react? Yeah, that's probably the only concern I have about Nasir Little in this pick is the fact that he he was so highly recruited. He came to North Carolina and it almost seemed like the moment took over him. Mm -hmm. And you worry about that. Yeah, you worry about that because this is supposed to be a steel pick. This is supposed to be a guy that you can put into the lineup immediately and he's going to make an impact for us. Now we're losing. Well, quote unquote, air fingers here. We're losing guys like Seth Curry. We're going to lose a guy like Rodney Hood because we won't be able to pay him. We're probably going to lose Enos Cantor. And so this pick, more than any of them, counts the most because we we can't do a backslide here from the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. You know, we have to keep at that level. Yeah. I mean, that's true. That's going to be the expectation now, especially with, you know, Blazer fans now that we see that, you know, that, that they can make it there. Yeah. And so. Yeah, we want the, more. Yeah, exactly. And now the bar is going to be set high. And I think with you know, the Warriors facing so many injuries that, you know, truly, if you can bring that team back, obviously, like you said, you don't know if we're going to be able to, probably not, but, uh, I mean, you have a good shot of making, I would say, maybe making the finals if, you know, 
you can bring most of that roster back. You can still kind of have those pieces that you need, those little extra scoring pieces that you need, like Rodney Hood uh, or Enos Cantor. And on top of that, you get Nurk back as well. Yeah. I mean, they... Well, not be, to mention D-bag Warriors aren't there. Yeah, exactly. You could be primed for a really good season. You could be primed for a really deep playoff run again. But you just want to see someone like Little step into kind of, not step into the spotlight, but, you know, kind of play whatever role that they need him to play. If they need him just to be a defensive guy and basically grab rebounds, then, okay, we just hope to see that he's really good at doing that, right, or something because we just want to see if anything. For me, I always just base players off of I want to see their game develop, especially in times that – you know, like if Zach Collins came on late defensively a couple times late, you're like, okay, that's that's good to see, right? And he hit some big threes. Um, he's not, right, a huge consistent scorer, but I think he fits into his role uh, extremely well right now. And yeah. you probably just want to see Little do the same thing. Um, Do you think there were any Blazer fans out there that once we got to the 25th and uh, Spider-Man was still there that they oh, were 100%. like, oh, let's my gosh, I think we're going to draft Bull Bull. Let's, let's take – Bull, bull. You know what? Let's do the gut check thing and just pick the guy who went to college in the same state that our team is. Let's do it. I How awesome would that be? There's, there's probably plenty of people who did that. I kind of, I kind of in the back of my mind thought that we'd draft him again. Like once we got to the second round, it's kind of like, what if we did do that? Oh no, I don't, I don't know, man. Like. I just I haven't seen enough of him. Like I don't think he's, I don't think he's proven really anything. I mean, yeah, he's like seven two, so it's cool that you can base it all of all of of uh, potential. But then he got hurt, and I don't know, man. He's just he's just it's something about him that just I'm like, no, it's okay. We don't really want him. Yeah, that's just how I feel. I don't know. Well, coming up next, we're gonna talk more about uh, that guy. Bull Bull. He looked like a dummy. Let's talk about it. Center and Saint, 1080 The Fan, but first, here's some news. Five five three zero five is the better you today, Texan. It's obvious you guys do not do your homework, and you don't know who you're talking about. Thank you. Thank you. You <laughs> try. Thank you. We actually, try, really. I actually it's, woke up extremely late and just yeah. came in here with a bunch of hot takes. Yeah, it takes a lot of uh, energy out of me to, uh, you know, go home, go to sleep, get up, come here, play ping pong, and then uh, look at my watch and go, oh, crap, I'm on the air in three minutes. <laughs> you know, a lot this, of energy. This is the best. Ooh. This is the best one on the better you today text slide. Well, the Blazers won the draft because they did draft a tall, goofy, white dude. So things are looking up, P1 Dustin. <laughs> it is true. <laughs> it's kind of weird that... Like we we had this whole phase of just drafting big white guys, like it's it, like I I don't know how to explain it. It's kind of weird, isn't it? Yeah, that Hello? is weird. Sorry, yeah. I was reading this. Uh, <laughs> someone said it looked like Bobo was shopping at Hot Topic. Yeah, I was just thinking of Hot Topic. Yes, and I've been there twice, and I probably won't go there again. Oh, seriously? Yeah. So that might You've be. You've only been to a hot topic twice. Yeah, man, because I I don't I don't shop like that. That's 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 pretty out of my price range. I work in radio, man. I, I'm going with like. Well, a, hold on a second. Out of your price range? Are we talking about the same hot topic? Yeah, hot topic is expensive, down man. No, it's not. Yes, it is. But dude, if hot topic was expensive, like there wouldn't be thirteen year olds in there. Hey, man. 
I think we're talking about different hot topics. I think you're talking about a sex shop, and I'm talking about the place that 13 and 14 year old goths go to look hardcore. <laughs> hot topic? No. I yes, think, man. Oh, well, then I need to look up what's going on with hot. Listen, topic man, you're right old. Here. You're you're just you got to understand the times aren't how they used to be. Will? Yes, they are. Yes, they are. But you know what isn't like it used to be? What? NBA outfits for the draft. <laughs> do you really changed. Think, do you really think they're that bad? I think Bulls was, it was not very good. I understand that. But for the most part, I think the kids dressed pretty well. Zion had a nice white suit on, mm-hmm. right? No tie. I, I think that was, that was a nod to LeBron, by the way. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, at CenterSync1080 on Twitter... Head over there and go to our page because we have a poll up right now that reads, what's the worst NBA draft outfit of all time? 12% of you say Jalen Rose's red pinstripe suit. This will require that you have Google in front of you so that you can look at the pictures. But uh, his suit was absolutely atrocious and very strange looking. He he looked like a strawberry. Uh, 15% said uh, Samaki Walker's white bowler hat. Uh, if you look that one up too, he looks like he's like uh, an extra in some gangster movie. It's very weird. Twenty-one percent said Joe Kim Noah's bow tie. Uh, add to the fact that Joe Kim Noah's about seven foot and he had one of those long suits. He put himself on like a bar- barbershop quartet uh, bow tie, and he looked like a goofball. But fifty-three percent. Oh, I'm, I apologize. Fifty-two percent, by far and away, because of recency bias, say Bull Bull's Spider-Man outfit is one of the worst NBA draft outfits of all time. And I would have to agree. Yeah. It was made all the worse because this guy was drafted 44th. Now, there's a lot of factors that play into this. The first factor being that he played, what, nine games? Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I think it was nine Mm -hmm. or ten. Nine or ten games. The nine or ten games he played, it was extremely raw. Bull Bull looked very lazy on the defensive side of the court. And some people might argue with me on that and say, wow, he's a shot blocker. Well, you're seven foot two. So if you're not a shot blocker, your name's probably Myers Leonard. Mm -hmm. The other factor that plays into this is that I think this is an evolving NBA that Bull Bull doesn't at least yet necessarily fit into. Now, there's some unicorns out there like Kristaps Porzingis, who's over seven feet. Uh, you know, Nicole Jokic, yeah. he's seven feet or over. He's kind of like a unicorn guy where you have these dudes that are above that seven foot level that are not just your post up guys. They're not just your shot blockers. They're not just your, you know, uh, they're not just your interior offensive rebound put back guys. They're dudes that can pass. They're dudes that can shoot and they're dudes that can create their own shot without having to be set up. Yeah. And to be quite honest, watching bowl bowl, I don't know if it was him being lazy or the fact that he just really couldn't create his own shot for the most part. Yeah. And that's saying off the dribble. I'm not saying that's him posting up because again, if you're seven foot, what, two, three, whatever, yeah. if you're that tall in college, you're going to beat everybody. Yeah. A great example is taco fall. Yeah. True. From central Florida. That guy beat everybody. Well, of course he did. His wingspan <laughs> was larger than three people combined. <laughs> In college, you can do that. In the NBA, you cannot do that. Unless you have a huge motor and you're a dude that's a hard worker, you're a guy like Draymond Green that even though you might be undersized, you're still going to go out there and you're going to 
find the niche. You're going to find the spaces in between to try to make plays. You're not going to do well. And I think you had a lot of analysts that saw that in the nine or 10 games that Bull Bull played. Yeah. The next factor, of course, is the fact that he got injured pretty quick and he got a foot injury. Foot injuries are basically the sniper's bullet of the NBA. Yeah. If you get a foot injury, it's very, very worrisome. Uh, Blazer fans will point to Bill Walton getting a foot injury and practically ending his career, even though he did win an NBA title in 86 with the Celtics. And that was a large part Larry Bird and Walton coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think you factor in all these things that happened to him uh, and, you know, him plummeting to 44th, getting drafted by Miami, getting sent over to Denver, which is absolutely ridiculous because Denver doesn't need a center. Uh, they have one all-star center and then uh, Plumley, who is serviceable, yeah, is good, plays better good. defense mm-hmm. than Bull Bull does, at least right now. And you'd wear a Spider-Man outfit. Is it? Okay, here's a question for you. Is it more of you just don't like his game and you don't honestly think, think he's going to succeed in the NBA, or is it or is it the suit? Did the suit really just turn you off? Did that did that really do it to you? No, it was the fact that he got drafted forty fourth in that suit, and he kind of he kind of had a look about himself that was like, I I don't know, he was smug looking. He kind of seemed smug looking before the draft, and dude, just it. I don't know. You might have gotten some bad information. Yeah, I, I get it. You might have had some scouts. You might have had an agent. You might have had somebody in the University of Oregon and basketball department who gave you some bad advice saying that, yes, I think you're going to get drafted top 10. Because if you wear a suit with sp- spider fluid yeah. on your left shoulder to the NBA draft, you better get drafted top five, dude. <laughs> Seriously. Because you're making a statement right then, and the farther you fall, the more ridiculous you look. That's true. Yeah. I, I just, you can't do that kind of stuff and not be really, really good. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Odell Beckham Jr. in the NFL can do all the ridiculous stuff he wants. He can pray to a field uh, 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 field goal kicking net, you know? Yeah, yeah, Either yeah. Praying to that. He can act absolutely ridiculous. He can be you know, uh, childish with teammates, with the organization. He can do whatever he wants because he's he's the best receiver in football. Yeah. Bull Bull is not that. <laughs> uh, yeah. He's a raw talent prospect who played nine games, got his foot hurt, and is widely known among the NBA community and scouting community to have a low motor. Mm-hmm. So, dude, I, I don't know if you think you can put yourself in that. 55305 is better you today text line. We want to hear from you. I mean, w- what did you make of the whole bowl bowl situation at the draft? Yeah, it was just, I think the biggest thing for me is the fact that once you get a, a foot injury, especially as, you know, at least what people say is if you're over seven foot, you get a, you get a foot injury. Like you said, it's a big red flag, and, and teams are going to be turned off about that. But when, when I was watching his games a couple times, you, I mean, they're not lying when it comes to the fact that he just doesn't have a motor. Like, it looks like he doesn't like to put in a lot of effort, especially if you're lacking in some areas, right? If you're not a great shooter, um, maybe you're not the best ball hander. Like you said, like Draymond Green, he finds, he makes up for it with his hard work, right? And he finds that extra effort to put in, which makes him a great player. Finds the extra edge. Yeah, Yeah. but I don't, I I just don't see that in Bobo. He can shoot kind of. I mean, he has good, uh, he has good handles for a 7-2 guy. But it's the fact that when you get to the NBA, 
I just I don't see where he really fits in. Like, where do you put him? Do you you can't put him as? I mean, I guess you could try to put him as a center, but he's going to get pushed out of the key. You can try to put him as a power forward, but then you're expecting him basically to create his own shot, like you said, and he really can't do that. Well, not only that, but if you're going to play the four, I mean, this guy has to play center. He can't play anything else because yeah. if you play the four, I mean, you're going to get you're going to get a drug out on the perimeter. Yeah, we saw exactly. that in the finals this year with. Yeah. Um, uh, with DeMarcus Cousins, is that that's what the Raptors basically did at a certain point. They were like, oh, we can just switch Kyle Lowry onto DeMarcus Cousins mm-hmm. and get free points because the dude can't guard anybody because yeah. he's forgotten his footing. Um, the other part of this is the interview he had right after he got drafted. Now, I, I maybe I'm reading way too much into this, which is entirely possible, but this interview to me just kind of reinforced the fact that I think this dude is so friggin' apathetic I don't know if he really cares. Listen, you, you tell me what you think. Um, I've been dreaming this for my whole life, and it feels pretty good. So you'll be going to Denver, and you know that your NBA career is ahead of you, even though you had to deal with sitting out due to injury. What do you want to prove when you step on the court? Um, I just want to prove everyone wrong and just come out and be the best player I can be. And what does that player look like? Um you guys seen it on YouTube, but I mean, just pretty much that, bring that to NBA and plus more and develop and be a better player. But in here erupted when they called your name, so there's an affinity for you in here. What was it like to hear that applause? Um, it feels pretty good because I didn't know I had that many fans until right now. Well, congratulations, Bull. Thank you very much. Wow. Could you imagine that in a job interview? Will, can you uh, show me or at least explain to me some of the skills that you have in media that might be applicable to what we do here at company X. Ah, yeah, just go on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a really bad interview. Dude, thank goodness he's going to Denver. If he went to a bigger market, that guy's getting chewed apart. Yeah. Can you imagine him in Miami? No. Imagine him in New York. People would chew him for lunch, dude. Like yeah. you can't give those kind of answers if you're a professional athlete. Be a little bit I, I mean you know, again, this kind of goes back to the whole theme that we started on, which was that, like, if you're really, really good, this stuff can be – you can let this stuff fly. It's yeah. not a big deal. Kawhi Leonard does it. Mm-hmm. Dude, he's amazing. He's probably the best player in basketball right now, and he gives ridiculous answers to questions. Not ridiculous in the sense that they're surreal, but ridiculous because they just – they're nothing. Yeah, they're, like, not interesting yeah. at all. Like, you get nothing from it. No, you get nothing <laughs> from him, but he can do that because he's that good. Bull, bull, you can't do that. Yeah, there needs to be something about you. Yeah, there has. I mean, that go was just on YouTube. really bad. Yeah, don't say go on YouTube. Yeah, oh my I don't goodness, know. this is that's just that's that's just bad, man. I don't understand. Well, anyway, but how can you? I just don't get it. How can you? Like you know, if you're gonna get drafted, they're gonna come and talk to you. So instead of having, he looked the, like he was from another planet, and he just got to Earth, and then like some. <laughs> Some human came up and was like, what is it like to be on this planet? He's like, uh, I don't know. Check YouTube. <laughs> all right. All the stories that you missed from the week. It's good versus evil. And it's coming up next right here on Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan. Have you been too busy to keep up on sports this week? What has happened to the, What has happened? What has happened to the national interest? No time to form your own opinions? I stand before you here today in the midst of gnarly times. Well, no worries, brah. <laughs> Let the sinner and the saint shred the gnar while you just sit back and ride the wave. It's time for Good versus Evil, brought to you by the titan of Hawaiian restaurants, 808 on 1080 The Fan.
And the idea of partnering Mike Conley with Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Joe Ingles, uh, this Jazz team that uh, needed another playmaker, another player who could take some offensive pressure off of Donovan Mitchell and really one of the great professionals in the league. That was every kid I beat up in high school who now makes more money than me, Adrian Wojnarowski. He's blabbing about the big trade that went down in the NBA this past week. The Memphis Grizzlies traded guard Mike Conley to the Utah Jazz for Grayson Allen, Kyle Korver, Jay Crowder, and the 23rd pick in, well, this week's draft. This most likely means Ricky Rubio will be somewhere else next season. Should the Lakers try and pick him up? Absolutely not. Really? I'm not a Ricky Rubio fan. Why not? I'm just not. It's something about him, man. Is it the hair? Yes. Is it because he looks like he's always getting out of a sauna? Because <laughs> he does. It's true. No, man, I just, listen, I'm a diehard Lakers fan for we're going on month nine. So, uh, you know, I just don't think he's he's going to be the guy to, you know, take us to that next level. Dude, month nine. Month nine, man. It's been a rough life, huh? You know, man, I've <laughs> I've just been dedicated, man. I, I, you know, just followed the path that people lay for me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it really picked up after the All-Star break, huh? <laughs> that, was, uh, that was pretty rough, but it's all right. He was reluctant, highly reluctant to pull a, to pull a trigger and to get a deal. He had the assets. He could have gotten a big-time player. Over the last 40, I mean, I mean, my God, over the last, I mean, how many years has it been? Tell me when a championship has been won without a star. That was angry Hertz rent-a-car customer who asked for a Chevy Impala, not a Chevy Malibu. Stephen A. Smith, ESPN's Jackie McMullen reported this week that Boston Celtics offered Al Horford a quote-unquote pretty healthy contract, but the versatile forward is looking elsewhere, apparently. Mark Stein of the New York Times is reporting that a team could offer the free agent up to $112 million. Let's say you're one of those teams on the outside looking in. Would you pay Horford that much? No, absolutely not. Really? I don't think I would. I don't think he's – I think he he's a great player. I don't think he's an elite player. I think you pay elite players that much money. But think about if you're one of those teams, say, like the Raptors, and you get Kawhi Leonard, then you dump a bunch of bad contracts, uh-huh. and uh, you got some roster spots to fill, and you could pay Hal Horford that much money. I would say yeah. I think you know what be, I mean. I think he'd be a better fit in Miami. Like I think of I think 112 million dollars really isn't as much as we think it is in today's NBA. I, I mean I know that's I, I, well actually no it, it's really not. I mean if you're yeah. one of those teams again that's right on that outside of making an NBA title or you're the Toronto Raptors, I, I think it's a pretty good pickup if you're paying that much. Al Horford's somebody who every single team he's been on, players rave about how much they like playing with him. And also, at the same time, he's somebody that seems to make teams better. Great yeah. offensive rebounder. He can shoot. Good defender. Crafty defender, really. So, I, I mean, in my opinion, I would pay him as much as you need to if it's the right team, of course. Yeah. But I wouldn't center your whole team around him. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. First of all, um, I want to thank my junior high school coach. You know, he started saying, you know, he told me, he pointed, he literally pointed me. And the first time I went to the practice, he said, I'm going to NBA. And I believe in him, and uh, I trust him. And uh, you know, my high school coach, trainer, the college coach, my teammates, everybody. I want to thank everybody. That was a really unlucky basketball player, Rui Hachimura. Washington Wizards used the ninth overall pick to select Gonzaga's Hachimura, who became the first Japanese-born player taken in the first round. Nice story. 
solid pick, but it's still surprising considering that Hachimura revealed that he never even met or spoke to anybody on the Wizards. Oh my goodness. Considering the Wizards do not even have a general manager at this point, does it seem like the franchise is collapsing with a move like this? Considering yeah. everything. Yeah, that's what what is going on? Nobody even met with the guy? What, they no, just, apparently what, they not. just watched some film like, you know what? Yeah, we like this guy. I mean, That's he bad. is a very good player. No, he is. He's really good. Yeah. But, but it's, the, it's the fact that how they went about it. Yeah. Now, I was listening to, uh, well, I listened to the podcast for PTI uh, during the week, and they were talking about how uh, Mike Wilbon was saying how, like with Washington, they don't necessarily have the budget to, <laughs> this is really weird to me, they don't have the budget to, like, go out and scout players like most of the bigger like higher tier franchises do. Uh, and so he was like, you know, that could be the case that they just missed him because they didn't have the budget to send scouts out. And I was like, are you an NBA uh, franchise? Yeah, like, shouldn't you just have budget? scouts everywhere? <laughs> yeah. Kind of makes me think, like, how much money does an NBA team have? That's, I don't understand that move. I don't get it, man. I don't, it, listen, for Blazer fans who think that, <laughs> you know, who, who always complain about whatever the Blazers do, at least we're not the Blazers. Hmm. Right. We're close to the magic, though. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> That's bound to piss people off. Yeah, I love get, doing that. Then people text hate, in man. and you're we're an like, idiot. Will, you suck. This should be Marcus's show. And I'm like, well, the people have spoke, Will. I'm sorry. Yeah. Bounce me like that, huh? All right. Here we go. Some on-air producing. Go ahead and turn that music down just a smidge, would yeah. you? All right. And then I'm going to click this guy because it's time for my favorite story of the week. for this yeah it comes from the world of science oh yes it's a smart show a new survey by planet fitness okay planet fitness the gym oh no has revealed more americans prefer a guy with a quote-unquote dad bod to someone with rippling abs is that right this has to be a sullied report right i hope <laughs> For those that aren't familiar, dad bod is a slang term for a physique somewhere between a beer belly and a six pack. Think your actual dad. Now, do you have a dad bod? Me? Yeah. No. You sure? Yeah. Why don't you stand up for me? Let me see. Are you being serious? Yeah. Ha, let me get a look at you. Lift your shirt up. Lift it up. Let's see. Oh, <laughs> well, I was wrong. What'd you say? I said I was wrong. <laughs> Dealing with a six-pack over there. Hey, man, I go to the gym. Now I feel worse. Because <laughs> it's going to rip on your dad bod, but apparently you don't have one. Now, I don't have a dad bod, but I do have what you would call a uh, vegan hanging out at a bookstore bod. <laughs> Just like there's not a lot of definition going on. It's yeah, kind of yeah. like I can say that I'm thin and that's fine. But like if you saw me in a swimsuit, you'd be like, you know, somebody tie that guy to a post. If there's a strong wind, he's off. He's gone. <laughs> it's because you're always thing. eating them salads, man. That's all you eat. Yeah, well, you Every know, you get older. Lunch, eat the same, th the same thing. Well, my question, too, is, all right, here we go. So National Health Club chain Planet Fitness commissioned the study, which measured the attitudes of over 2,000 men and women and found that more and more males are self-identifying as having a dad bod, which in my eyes, that just... Basically means that I've given up on eating well and working out. Screw you. I'm going to do whatever I want. 
The results indicated that 65% of men and women find a dad bod attractive and 61% say a man with a fatherly figure is sexy. Ooh, what have I been doing then? Why do I even go to the gym? I don't know, to be healthy? No, nah, man, I, 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 you I get a dad bod. Drinking, uh, yeah, I just got to get a dad bod. But here's the thing. where At what point do you hit dad bod? Is it, what's like the belly to to like dad ratio here if that's what i can ask you're saying what's the average age at which people self-identify as dad bodders yeah or what how big does your stomach have to be to not be fat but to be to have a dad bod i think it's an objective thing yeah i think the only requirement you need to have is uh you know have kids because you probably have to be a dad i think if you don't have kids and you self-identify as a dad bod you're probably just lazy and uh, you're saying that to kind of uh, get everybody off the scent of the fact that, uh, you know, you haven't gone to the gym in like three years. Yeah. And I'm not ripping on people. No, I'm not listen. ripping on people that don't go to the gym. But I am saying that you're lazy and you need to go to the gym. Are you sure? I, I don't know, man. I, I think it's time to, to let the bod go, go with the dad bod. And then from there, life is going to get better. You have a girlfriend. Who cares? She likes your body, right? I hope. I don't well, know. Have you asked her? Well, she's been kind of mad at me today, so I don't really know. What did you do? Uh, I snore really bad. And so in the middle of the night, I mm-hmm. feel like I'm going six rounds with Tyson. Oh, really? Yeah, it gets pretty Oh, she's good. hitting you? Yeah, she's like punching me, beating me up, and I wake up. And she, you got any bruises? I had a bloody nose two, uh, two mornings ago. So are you just kind of saying the whole, um, you know, the sleep thing just because she's actually beating you up? And you don't want to admit it on air or something? Uh, yeah, I like to think I'm kind of the alpha male, but mm. the more we talk about this, the more sensitive I'm getting, and I'm actually getting a little teary-eyed, and I don't know, man. Things are things are not looking good for You me. sound like it. <laughs> yes. But, anyways, back to this dad bod thing. Yeah. I, I want to know from, from listeners, is it – so what it like, what is the ratio – for dad bod here like how big does your stomach have to be maybe circumference wise i think it's subjective bro no man how much like how much beer do you have to drink because is there a difference between a beer belly and like dad bod like yes I, very much so are you sure yeah but i'm positive but i thought a dad bod was a beer belly nah, not eh, mm. beer belly it's more like it, it's more noticeable dad bod it's kind of like you can cover stuff up I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm not a scientist. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I'm not a doctor. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Good versus Evil is brought to you by our good friends at 808 Restaurant with two locations at 2454 East Burnside and 52nd and Woodstock. Discord in Houston. We dive back into the Trailblazers pick, and Damian Lillard has a very entertaining week. That's all coming up in the second hour of The Sinner and the Saint on 1080 The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.